Why don't you stand up this morning? We're going to read a little portion of scripture. Brendan, I forgot, is Ephesians 6, 18, the first one up? There it is, yep. All right, why don't you read this with me? Are you ready? Say amen if you're ready. Pray in the spirit at all times with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up and always pray for all God's people. I like how Paul throws that at the end and pray for all God's people. I know you don't like some of God's people. Pray for him anyway. I know that because in another letter he wrote, he wrote about people fighting and all this stuff. And he said, pray for all God's people. So he tosses out it. You were okay until he got to the pray for others. <laughs> Father, we ask you this morning, just like the disciples, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray, Lord. Sometimes we feel so inadequate. But we're on a journey together to get better. And so help us again this morning as we look into your word. Inspire us, instruct us, convict us. We thank you, God, that we can, that we can be closer to you, that you're not distant. And prayer is our language of communication. And we pray that we'd be better at it when we leave because of the time we spent together this morning. And it's in your mighty name we pray, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. There's some instructions in this scripture. Paul's saying, pray in the spirit at all times. He's saying, let God lead you. Listen to God tugging at your heart. If, you, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you have a prayer language, use that. He said, pray in the spirit at all times. He's, he's saying, let me back up a second. Anybody, I'm not being weird, but anybody just ever felt like God was telling you something? You didn't hear it. You didn't hear like Chris. You didn't hear anything like that, but you just knew right? You just knew. So here's the thing. Now, I'm going to be just real practical with you. Paul does say, pray in the spirit at all times, pray about everything. But I, I told you before, there's, there's some things I don't pray about. I don't pray about what socks to put on in the morning. And if you're praying about what socks to put on in your morning, pray about something else. <laughs> I've been around some people that were so spiritual they were they couldn't figure out what to wear in the morning because they were waiting on God to tell them something and they were no good to anyone else anybody ever been around somebody like that they couldn't make a decision because they're oh well I haven't heard I haven't heard the Holy Spirit yet so you heard me say yesterday matter of fact somebody came up to me this morning and said your sermon yes last week and you know just assume it's yes and I was like I didn't mean for you to take that advice. Wait a second. Now, you know what the scariest thing is? Is when you give advice and somebody takes it. Because then it's on you. Then it's on you. So what happens is, when Paul is saying, be led by the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, and, and pray about everything, he is not, he's not saying don't incapacitate yourself to the point where you can't move forward. He's not saying, he's not saying, 
Wait, well, don't eat breakfast in the morning unless you pray about what you're going to fix. He's not saying things like that. He's saying there's some things that you can decide for yourself. Okay? Everybody okay with that? If Scripture says it, what did we say last week? If scripture already says it. I don't need to pray about it. So the impetus is that you should know what Scripture says. Because it will free up a lot of your prayer time to pray about important things. Because if I already know, what did we say last week? If I already know it's God's will for me to be generous, I don't have to pray about it. I don't even have to pray about the amount. Because he already said, with the measure that I sow is the measure I will reap. So it's all, the calculation's already in my head. Okay, God, I don't need to pray about this. I'm going to be more generous than I think I should be. Right, well, okay, you're not going to say amen. We'll move on. I'll take that. That's fine. Here it goes about money again. He said, love your neighbor as your self. He said, do good to those that persecute you. He already said that. So when you go home and pray, Lord, should I treat them right? He's going, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, remember when, when Jesus was on the cross? He said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. It was in there already. How about, we, how about we pray about your attitude now? I'm going to get in so much trouble this morning, and it's not even in my notes. Pray in the Spirit. Let God lead you. Listen to His impression. Listen to the Spirit guiding you. I had this week, this week I had people's names pop in my head. I was doing other things, and they just popped in my head. And I just thought, I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to pray for him. I believe that's the Holy Spirit going, hey, I don't know what's going on. And I literally thought Friday, I was working in the church Friday, my tool belt on. I was doing something. I think I was working on electric or something. And somebody's name popped in my head. I literally thought, Lord, I have no idea what they're walking through right now. But I want you to touch them today. And guess what? I don't have a story this morning of them going, well, I was almost in a car accident. An angel came down and ripped my car off the road. I don't have one of those stories. But if God puts a name in your head, there must be a reason. Amen? So be led by the Spirit. Don't go, Lord, I'm so busy, I can't think about that person right now. No, just go, okay, God, I hear you at all times. So pray in the Spirit at all times. There's no bad time to pray. Every time is a good time to pray. It's always a good idea to pray. And what Paul's trying to do is trying to get us in, in the mode where, where we've trained ourselves that our knee jerk is prayer. Because maybe your knee jerk is not prayer. Maybe your knee jerk is anger right now. Maybe your knee jerk is to stonewall. Maybe your knee jerk is to, um, you know, just fly off the handle. Say a couple unsanctified things. Paul is saying, let your, let, your, let your instinctive reaction become prayer. Let it be, oh, I'm getting ready to get mad. Lord, you know, how, see how quick it can happen? Lord, this is getting ready. Oh, so it's instant. It's your, it's your reaction. You don't have to think about it. It's a, it's a reflex. 
isn't it always awesome when you go to the doctor and he's like, dunk? I want to just, when he's sitting in front of me one time, I want to just, poof. <laughs> almost 43 years old, doc, but this, this reflex thing works, man. If your reflex is to pray, things will be different. You'll say less things that you regret. Mm. Why aren't you saying anything, Chris? Because I'm praying right now. I'm praying. Give me a second. God's telling me what to say. Because what I want to say, you're not going to like. At all times, with all kinds of prayer. He's saying a prayer for every emotion and situation. If you read the Psalms, there's a prayer for everything. There's a prayer to complain. Maybe you should pray to God instead of complaining to your spouse all the time. There's a prayer of crying out, of comfort, confessing, clarity, celebration. There's a prayer for everything. And the the benefit of reading through the Psalms is it's not just a book of prayers, it's a book of people praying. See, that's different. When you read a book of prayers, which just seems like a, a rote thing, like, like, okay, this is the prayer I just whip out. No, but you, when you read the Psalms and you hear David say things like, like, I can't take this anymore. And you realize the situation he was walking through and that God responded to his frustration and that God responded to his fear and that God responded to him not being able to accomplish what he wanted to. God responded to his confession. When you read through that, you realize, man, I'm a lot like David. I've never had my mistress's husband killed, but I'm a lot like David. I said that wrong. I've never had a mistress. I know some of you were like, oh, really? About everything. Always be ready. Always be ready. See, at the beginning... Before it becomes your, your reflex, you have to be prepared for it, right? So that means, that means through this 40 days that you have to start preparing yourself. That means waking up in the morning and going, okay, wait a second, I'm making a plan today because when I go to work, I already know. I already know. See, what happens is we walk into our job sometimes without a plan, and we do whatever nat- comes natural. And so for you, that might be flying off the handle. For you, that might be ignoring people. That, for you, that might be just, just calling off sick. For you, it might, because it's, it's not a plan yet. But has anybody ever made a plan and made it enough where it just become part of who you are? You don't even have to write it down anymore. You just know it's part of the plan. So at the beginning, you have to make a plan. You can't just, you can't just go, yeah, I mean, I'll pray. No, you have to be intentional about it. You have to say, it's like this. How many of you wake up the same time every morning? Yeah. All the people with jobs, right? <laughs> you wake up the same time every morning. How many of you wake... How many of you purposely do not set your alarm on the weekend, but you wake up anyway? That's the curse. The re- but, but when you started the job, you had to make a what? You had to make a plan to wake up that early, right? You had to make a plan. You had to, before you went to bed, you had to get your iPhone out, and then you had to get another phone out, and then you had to get another alarm out, and then you had to look over at your wife and say, hey, make sure I get up. Um, 
So you made this plan to make sure you get up. But isn't it ironic after you do it for 5, 10, 15 years on Saturday morning when you don't want to get up, the plan still is enacted? Boom. Man, I got to, must be 8 o'clock. Whoa, it's 6.30. And then you're disappointed. (laughs) Well, this is going to be a terrible Saturday. So here's the thing. You might be in a stage of life now where prayer is not the reaction. But if you put the plan in place, if you set a plan of prayer in your life, and you may have to set an alarm, you have to ring a bell, you may have to have a reminder to set a plan, to set a plan, to set a plan, to set a plan. One day, something is going to happen, and it's just going to be your reaction. And you're going to go, well, I didn't need to set a reminder for that. It's been part of the plan so long that now it's just my reaction. And what you had to plan for at one time now becomes automatic in another. And now prayer is part of who you are. And now you're saying a lot less dumb stuff. To always be ready, make a plan, must be prepared. Never give up. Never stop praying. On the days that you think it's so bad, it's no point to pray, pray anyway. On the days when you prayed and you don't think God listened and you wake up the next morning and you think it's no point, pray anyway. Pray anyway. Anybody ever went to the gym over and over and over again and thought, I'm not losing a pound, I'm not losing a pound, I'm not losing a pound. And then six months later, you wake up and you see a friend you haven't seen for a long time and they go, girl, you're looking good. (laughs) You're like, I weigh the same amount, I don't know what happened. Never give up. Pray for all people. Pray for all people. Pray for the person that ruffled your feathers yesterday. Pray for the person that, thinks that, that you think's out to get you. Pray for the person that hurts your feelings. Pray for the person that doesn't value you. Pray for the person. And I don't mean pray God kill them. I mean pray bless them, Lord. Bless them. Prayer can become like breathing when you do it all the time. Get in this habit of praying all the time. It's just like, what? It's what I do. I have a, we have a conversation with God. It just comes naturally. It's over and over. Pray conversationally. Just talk to God. So a name pops in your head. And you, you don't have to go, oh, Lord, thou God in the highest of God, I don't know what they're going through right now, but just be with them. Matter of fact, don't just be with them, Lord. Bless them. Lord, whatever, they're, whatever stress they're under right now, let them have peace. It's just a conversation. Ephesians six eighteen, what we just read. Pray on every occasion as the Spirit leads. So occasion can talk to God anywhere about anything all the time, where he leads. When you get an impression from the Holy Spirit, pray about it. Don't put it off. If I don't feel like praying, it means... Wait a second. If I don't feel like praying, it means I'm not praying what I feel. You want me to say that again, don't you? If I don't feel like praying, it means I'm not praying what I feel. Because it's okay to tell tell God, I don't feel like praying today. So we go, oh man, I don't feel like reading my Bible. Why don't you say, God, I don't feel like reading my Bible today. But because I put a plan in place, I'm going to. God, I don't feel like praying. I'm just being honest with you. I don't feel like praying today. I don't feel like you're listening sometimes. But 
in light of what you've done in my past, I believe you're still being faithful, even though I don't hear you today. Job said, I look to the east, the west, the north, and the south, and I can't find you. But then he had this but moment where he says, but when you have tried me, I'll be as pure as gold. So he says, he says, I, I'm, I'm crying out to you, but I can't find you anywhere. But I know when I walk through this season, I'm going to be closer to you than I was before. He had trained himself. Lord, I don't, I'm praying and you're not, it feels like you're not listening. So don't just not pray, pray to God about not praying. <laughs> That's a trick. First Thessalonians 5, 17, never stop praying, pray all the time. And then another habit you could put in place, schedule prayer times throughout your day. Schedule them. Set a reminder. Hey, I'm going to stop at lunch and pray. I'm going to pray when I get up in the morning. I'm going to stop at lunch and pray. I'm going to pray during my break, pray during my smoke break. If you're taking a break to smoke, you might as well pray. Thousands of years, the Jews said prayers at set times, fixed hours. Daniel, when you read the book of Daniel, he, it says that he prayed three times a day. And when he was getting in trouble for praying, it said he went out and did anyway what he usually did. It was just what he did. Now, when he started, he had to set a plan. Oh, I'm going to be good about this. I'm going to set a plan. I'm going to pray. When, but then it was just, hey, even, at, even when somebody threatened his life, he went, I'm going to just get up and do what I do. I'm going to just get up and do what I do. There was, um, in Roman cities, there was a bell in the forum that rang six times a day. It ran at 6 a.m., 9 a.m. Um, it, it rang throughout the day, and people would use that as a marker. Anybody have a church bell that, that rings around you? You're like, that's so 1950, Chris. Uh, uh, when we lived in uh, the southern part of the county, there was a, I grew up there, there was a church bell um, down the street from me that we could hear. And it, it would ring in the morning, it would ring at noon, and uh, it would ring, actually ring every hour, but at noon it would ring a little longer. What would it be if you set your church bell on your iPhone as a reminder The um, Christians started using these bells as, as times for prayer. David said in Psalm 119, 164, seven times a day I praise you. So what we could do is we could, we could kind of go through uh, Rick Warren, who's doing, who, who wrote the book that we're all studying, recommends seven, recommends these times of prayer. Here's, here's how he, he lays it out. The first one's get up with gratitude. Some of you are going to have to make a plan for that. <laughs> get up with gratitude. What if you started your day with thanks? What if the first thing that came out of your mouth was thanksgiving? First of all, the person you're living with would probably think somebody else moved in. But what if you woke up in the morning and the first thing that came out of your mouth was, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I got a bed to lay in. Thank you, Lord. I got a good wife. Thank you, Lord. My kids aren't crazy. You don't have to come up with anything special. Thank you. Maybe thank you, Lord, that only one of my kids is crazy. 
Thank you, Lord, that I got a roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, that I'm getting up to go to a job. Thank you, Lord, that you've provided. Thank you, Lord, that I still have breath, gratitude. And you know what wouldn't hurt? If you're married, turn to your spouse and do the same thing. Even if they haven't given you a reason. Don't wake up with grumbling, griping, groaning, growling. (laughs) Wake up with some appreciation. Doctors have found out the healthiest human emotion is gratitude. Be thankful for something. As soon as you wake up, it'll change the rest of your day. How about this? Maybe... Maybe if you can't come up with something on the spot, maybe sit down and make a list of things that you could be thankful for. Maybe you could make a list. And then wake up in the morning and just look down through that list. Add to it. As God, as God reveals things that he's done for you, add to it. Make a gratitude list. Keep it by your bed. Maybe... Make, a song, make, make your alarm a song of gratitude when you wake up. Get a good song in your head first thing in the morning. Not Inner Sandman from Metallica. Everybody knows that's a go-to-bed song. <laughs> wake up and be thankful. First Corinthians Four seven it says, "What do you have that God did not give you? What do you have that God did not give you? Everything is a gift from God, and if it was given to you, how can you brag about it? So start. So this is Paul saying, "Listen, God has blessed you with everything good. Wake up first thing in the morning and thank Him for it." Matthew six eight through nine, Jesus said this: "Your Father knows what you need before you even ask." So then this is how you should pray. And we went over this, our Father in heaven. He says he knows what you need. He's a caring, we talked about last week, he's a caring, consistent, close, and capable God. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect present comes from your Father of light in heaven. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. Everything good comes from above. So the first thing out of bed, thank God in heaven for his consistent love and all the ways that he's blessed us. If it's nothing else but we get to live in a country where I can do whatever I want today. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you that I get to pick my job. Thank you that I get to pick my spouse. Thank you that I get to pick, maybe you're not married yet. Be thankful that you get to pick your own spouse. Amen? You don't want to trust your parents with that. It's crazy. Every good gift, every perfect present comes from the Father. So we thank him in the morning. So now you're going to get up out of bed. You're going to go through your routine, right? You're going to get dressed. You're going to put your, do your hair, do your makeup, whatever you're going to do. You're going to sit down to breakfast. Take 30 seconds. Or maybe you drive and eat breakfast at the same time. Don't close your eyes. God's not worried about that. Bless his name at breakfast. To bless means to honor, give respect, to praise. It's adoration. It's that second phrase of the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. So we sit down at breakfast, you could say, God, you're good. I worship you. 
you're holy, you're perfect, you're righteous. We've, we've thanked him for all we have. And now we can sit down to breakfast and say, man, you're amazing. You're amazing. Listen, this is kind of the way it works because if you wake up thanking him, you'll realize how good he is by the time you get to eat. You see the natural progression? I wake up with gratitude on my heart. Lord, you're good. And then when I, and thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for this. And then by the time you get to breakfast and you get, and the fast is over, you're not gonna thank God for the fast breakfast. Just trust me on that. It's awful. It's awful. I know some of you healthy people like to live like that and all, but. So what happens is you sit down to three eggs and a half a pound of bacon and you say, Lord, I know you're good. I know you're good. You develop the keto diet all by yourself. I know you're good. I know you're great. I just thank you for all that stuff you've done for me. You are God. You see how the progression works? It's just natural. It's the way you think. If you would sit down in in your relationships and think about all the things that your spouse has done for you. Maybe think about the things, if you're a young person, maybe think about the, the things your parents have done for you. Then the natural progression out of that is, man, God, thank you for good parents. God, thank you for a good spouse. It's just a way, it's just a natural flow. It's not, it's not awkward. So we bless God's name. Hallowed be your name. He taught us how to pray. Psalms 145.2, every day I will bless your name and praise it forever and ever. In the Psalms, God's name is praised about 80 times. It's a big deal. Over and over again, we say, God, you're good. Do you realize that through all through Scripture, you see it in, in the Exodus and uh, when the Israelites were, Moses was leading them out of Egypt. Moses is standing at the burning bush and God's, God's talking to him. And, and Moses says, hey, when I get to, when I get to Pharaoh, who it, I don't even know your name. I don't know who to tell sent me. And God said, tell him I am sent you. Now you think, okay, okay, I'll tell him that. But then, but then as he goes, he reveals who I am is. He says, he, the, Moses is a fine, he's his provider, he's his shield, he's his protector. He's all these things that are revealed. So, so here's, here's a little thing. You can honor the names of God that he's been to you. That's a good start. Watch this. Watch this. Here's the names God says I am. He says, I'm Abba. We talked about that the, the other day. He's your father. He's your dad. He, he, it's a loving endearment. He's El Dia. I'm your God who knows you and knows everything about you. Jehovah Rapha, I'm your God who heals you. Come on, if God has healed you, you could wake, you could go to breakfast and say, God, you're, the, you're my healer. You're my healer, Lord. I know, I, I know that's my experience with you. I know you are. El Shaddai, I'm almighty God with all the power you need. You could thank him for all he's done when you wake up and by the time you get to breakfast, you could say, God, you're, you're, you're all the power I need. You're, your name is all the power. There's no other name. Jehovah Jireh, I'm your provider. Come on, I know there's people in this room that God has supernaturally provided for where you thought you were up against the wall, 
that you didn't think it was ever going to work out, and boom, something happened. Beth and I have experienced that over and over again through our marriage, where we would go to bed. Actually, I've, I've told some of you before, I used to just go to bed. You might think that's insensitive, but I would say, I can't make any money tonight. I'm going to sleep. That was before the internet. You can make money at night on the internet. I wish I had an online store that made money all the time, but I don't. But I would just think, I'm going to bed. And I would say, God, you're going to have to figure this out, man. We're, we're tithing. We're generous. We're giving over and above. We're doing what you told us to do. And we're in a pinch. We need you to figure this out. And I, when we first got married, I know you remember, we went to bed going, I don't know. Woke up the next morning, insurance company sent us a check back. I don't even know what for. When do insurance companies ever give you money back? Ever. And if God calls somebody to make a clerical error, that's on them. I cashed that thing and paid the bill. He's your provider. So when you thank him for providing, when you wake up, when you get to breakfast, you could say, yeah, that's your name. Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider. You're my provider. Jehovah Shalom, I'm your peace. We need that, don't we? I'm your peace. Psalm 910, those who know your name trust in you. Lord, you have never abandoned those who truly seek you. Did you hear that? Those who know your name trust in you. The thing about knowing God's name is it also is indicative that you know what he's done. That the reason I call him Jehovah Jireh is because he's provided for me. The reason I call him all those names is because it's an experience I've had with him. When Moses and the children of Israel got through the Exodus, they knew God differently than the day they walked out. Because he provided water from a rock. He provided food from dew in the morning. Talk about terrible food. He provided a pillar of fire at night and a cloud of smoke during the day to lead them where they were supposed to walk. Over and over and over again, he revealed himself to them in a more meaningful and meaningful way. And when you pray and trust him and pray and trust him, he'll give you a new name to call him almost on a daily basis. Lord, you were my provider yesterday and I realize you're my healer today. You were my healer yesterday and I realize you're my peace today. There's no end. So by the time we get to breakfast, we've already thanked him. God, all the stuff you've done for me, we get to breakfast, we say, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Provider's a good name for you, Lord. Comforter's a good name for you. Counselor's a good name for you. Counselor's a good name. And when you recite that over and over again, you start realizing I'm not alone, I'm not by myself, I'm not poor, I'm not destitute, I'm not anxious. Third time of prayer, mid-morning. We gotta remember what matters most. So by this time, you're at work and all hell's broken loose. Right? You get there about 8 o'clock, some of you, maybe 6 o'clock, maybe 7, whatever. About 10 o'clock in the morning, you're like, I'm going to kill somebody before lunch. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. I'm going to kill somebody before lunch. I mean, you're walking around with the knife right behind your back. You're like, don't, don't say it. I had about as much as I could take 
So here's why we need to pray mid-morning. Because you thanked him and you hallowed be your name. You honored his name, but then life happened. Doesn't, isn't that the way it goes? Isn't that the way it goes? You're like, man, it's easy to hallowed be your name when I'm sitting in front of a bowl of Lucky Charms and nobody's bugging me. It's easy to do that. But Chris, I went to work. And about 10 o'clock, people got the other side of me. I'm just letting you know. So why not stop? for two minutes and remind yourself what matters. Why not just stop? Make a plan to stop. Maybe, maybe your watch beeps. All it has to do is beep. You don't even stop what you're doing. Maybe you say, well, Chris, I can't stop. Don't stop. Just do your job. Your watch beeps and you go, God, you're right. I'm not killing anybody today. Thank you for reminding me what matters. Thank you for reminding me. It's easy to get distracted by everything that's going on around us, to forget priorities, to lose focus, and miss the big picture. Matthew 6.10, what does he say? May your kingdom come and... You need about 10 o'clock in the morning, don't you? Don't you? Because it'll remind you that the person that's been getting on your nerves every day for the last 25 years of the same job that you've treated well, treated well, treated well, now you're praying, your will be done, Lord. And if I've got to forgive them one more day, your will be done. You just reminded yourself of what's most important. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus modeled this for us in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he went to the cross. He said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But if not, not my will, but yours. So you can pray the same type of prayer. If it's possible, Lord, for me to not get in trouble and slap this dude in the face, let it be done. But not my will, yours be done. Right? It reminds you of what's the most important thing. He says, he says he set, set the reminder in the middle of the morning. When, when, when all chaos starts breaking out, when the phone never stops ringing, when people are presenting you with problems, your watch can go beep, beep, and you could say, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. So it's not about, it's not about me. It's not about, it's not about if I feel like there's an injustice against me. It's not, it's not about whether I feel like, like it's unfair. It's not about, it's about your will being done, Lord. So if I need to walk through this day as hectic as it is and give people grace and mercy, your will be done. I need to remember the big picture. I need to remember the big picture. Come on, how many of you need that at 10 o'clock in the morning? Raise your hand. Amen. I work in a church. I still need it. May your will be done. It reminds us that we align ourselves with God's purpose and plans. Matthew 6, 13, if you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, all the other things will be given to you as well. I like that. So, so if I seek God's will first in the middle of chaos, guess what will come? Peace. If I seek God's will first in the middle of lack, guess what will come? Provision. If I seek God's will first, guess what will come? In the middle of sickness, healing. If I seek God's will first, he says all the other stuff will be taken care of. So I have to remember as soon as I don't want to do it, as soon as I don't want to pray, as soon as the chaos comes, I need to remind myself, hey, what's the big picture here? God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So remind yourself mid-morning. Now lunchtime comes. 
lunchtime comes. This is the one all of us like. I'm going to sit down to eat lunch, and we're going to say, give us our daily bread. In the scope of things, it's perfectly fine to ask and ask and ask and ask. You realize the act of asking actually proves that you have faith that God can provide. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't ask people to give me things that they don't have the capacity to give me. Did you hear that? I don't ask things for people. I don't ask people for things. I don't ask things for people. (laughs) I don't ask people for things that they don't have the capacity to give me. It's a pointless effort, right? If you know somebody's broke, you don't go to them for a loan. Amen? If you know somebody's broke, you don't, you don't say, hey, I heard you were struggling, man. Could you loan me $100,000? Got this business deal I've been thinking about. What? I can't even pay my own rent. Yeah, I know you can't pay your rent, but I was thinking you might have 100 grand laying around somewhere. No, no, no. You always ask because you believe they have the capacity. Amen. So the act of asking means you inherently believe that God has the capacity. So you wouldn't ask if you didn't think it was possible. So the the thing here is to actually increase your asking. Because as you increase your asking, you're realizing that God is more and more possible to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or imagine. So So what we need to do at lunchtime, we just throw it out all out there. Lord... I want you to heal. I want you to deliver. I want you to set free. We, we, I say it every Sunday. Lord, we want you to do the impossible. Be specific. We're going to list our petition, our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. God, give me what I need to make it through the day. I need peace. I need joy. I need $100. I need $1,000. Lord, I need, a, I need $100,000. Whatever it is. It's the act of faith. Reaching out to God for what you lack and he always has. Amen? God loves it when we petition him. Jesus in John 14, 13 says, you can ask anything in my name. And then he goes on to say, you have not because you. It's like one of my kids walking up to say, man, you never give me one of those things. I didn't even know you wanted one. If you don't ask me, how am I supposed to know? Like, like I'm a good dad? <laughs> so it's the act of asking. So at lunch, when you sit down to eat or when you're out, just say, God, man, present my knees before you. You know what they are. But then it helps to list them before him. Lord, I need you to touch that person because I know they're sick. I need you to touch my wife or my husband because they're the devil. I need you to touch. (laughs) Ask for anything you need. Ask for everything you need. And here's something else. It's a little word called intercession. It's a churchy word. You don't go to work and say, I'm interceding for you. That's a church word. What you do is you'll go to work and say, hey, I'm praying for you. If you remind yourself to pray for needs at lunch, when you pray for other people, it's called intercession. You're asking for the needs of others. Do you know what I love the most? I love finding out that people are asking for me. (laughs) 
that's awesome. If you find out people are asking for you, that means you have relationships deep enough to know that people know your needs and they love you enough to ask God for you. Oh, that is awesome. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've been having some, a little bit of back problems and stuff like that. And I'm not a complainer. My wife will tell you, I just, I, I'm just like, what's the use? Nobody's listening. But they are. And so um, I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of that mentality, you just muscle through it, you just muscle through it, you just figure it out. Um, the past couple of week, weeks, my wife just been putting her hands on me and praying for me. And I thought, man, it feels so good to have somebody else ask. So maybe you don't have anybody like that in your life. Do me a favor and be, just go ahead and be somebody like that for someone else. Don't wait. Don't wait. I believe, I believe God will, sense, will bring people to pray for you, but just start it. Just start praying for other people. God, give them what they need right now. Man, there's something deeply spiritual connecting to God when we do that. Amen? Ask for other people. Intercede. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23 says this, I'd be sinning against the Lord if I failed to pray for you. Second Peter 1, 3, Jesus has the power of God by which he gives us everything we need to live and to serve. And we have these things because we know him. So look, we start out thanking God. We start out thanking God. Thankfulness goes into realizing that he's all these amazing things. Hallowed be your name. You're my provider. Then by time, then by time, all crazy has come out. Then we're like, God, your will be done on earth. Remind me about what's important. And then when we get to lunch, we go, God, you know what I need. I need this, this, and this. And Lord, I need you to bless them. And I need you to heal him. And I need you to give her peace. And I need you to provide for that kid. You see the progression. Lord, I can ask because I know you. Because remember, we look back to the cross as faithfulness. We started out in gratitude. Come on, now it's starting to click, right? Now it's starting to click. You're like, he's preaching the same sermon every week. We look back, we're so thankful, God. And then we look up, Lord, your name. And then we look in. God, check me, remind me what's important. Then we look around, God, bless these people. Give them what they need. Give me what I need. We're getting there. It's only lunchtime. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, then I get anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard. Come on, you want to have a peaceful day? Ask. You want to have a peaceful day? Be thankful in the morning. You want to have a peaceful day? Honor his name. You want to have a peaceful day? You remind yourself of his will be done in your life. You want to have a peaceful day? Pray. Ask. All right, the fifth thing. Ready? Ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. I love it how he, how he gets you into the relationship a little bit before you start the heavy hitters. You got to 
you got to kind of, some of you have to ease into it. You don't, you don't want to start out with confession. If you're like me, you already feel like a dirtbag at times. Come on, anybody in the house? You already feel, you already know. You already know what you did. You already know. You, not only did you know what you did, you already know you've done it a thousand times. And that's where it gets you. It's not that you messed up one time and cussed the guy out. It's that that's become the habit. Okay, everybody's sanctified. Nobody's ever done that before. It's, it's, not, it's not that you skewed the truth one time. It's become the habit. And so, so the reason I believe that confession comes a little later is because you realize all the goodness of God. You realize it all down through your day, all down through your day, and then you get to the part that you don't think he can forgive you for, but you've already hallowed be his name. You've already thanked him for all the good stuff he's done. You've already reminded yourself that he's for you and with you. And so by the time you get to, Lord, I think I'm too bad, it's not even a point anymore. Now you've gotten to the part of the day that, oh, wait a second, he can do anything, so now I know he can forgive me of this. Some of you need convincing of that, that he can forgive you. Ask for forgiveness in the afternoon, Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those. You're like. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's like taking out the garbage. It doesn't take long unless you've got a long driveway. And by the way, you built the driveway. You bought the house. So my advice is shorten the driveway. You know what I'm saying? Take out the trash every day. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Just own up to it. Just own up to it. In the afternoon, set a reminder to just own up to it. God, I did it again. I don't want to do it anymore. I need you to forgive me and set my feet on the right path. I'm making a plan. Forgive us our sins. We forgive those who sin against us. I own up to it. I admit my sins and forgive others who frustrated and sinned or sinned against me. They made a frustrated. It's a good time just to forgive people. Is if you're getting forgiveness, it's a good time to forgive others. That should be just a rule. Forgiving others goes along with forgiveness, right? I think that's in the Bible. So if we go back to our beginning philosophy, you don't have to pray whether you should forgive people. We don't need these long conversations about forgiveness. Peter said, hey man, should I forgive people seven times? It was customary three. Should I forgive people seven times? He thought he was an overachiever, A++. Seven? Jesus went, (laughs) I don't know if Peter can do multiplication, but he said 70 times seven. Now that wasn't, well, when I get to, what is that anyway? 490? I know Peter wasn't like, well, this guy's on like 486, so I got a couple more left. Jesus was being, was being extreme. And saying, hey, there's no limit. And unless you forgive others, you yourself cannot be forgiven. 
So you know why we tie forgiving others with forgiving ourselves? Because the fact is, you can't harbor unforgiveness and then ask the same God that wants you to forgive others to forgive you. So they're, they're inseparably linked. Forgiving others opens up the pathway for us to be forgiven. So in the afternoon, we go, God, you know what? I realize you're so good. I'm so thankful. And I reminded myself what's important. And I've prayed for my needs and other people's needs. And now I need to confess my sin to you. I'm going to just be upfront and honest. This is, what it, this is what it is. You already know. And by the way, I'm forgiving that person today. And I pray you bless them. Ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. Psalm 32, 5 says, I confess my sins to you and I don't try to hide them. Then you forgave me and now all my guilt is gone. Guilt is only there to draw you to Jesus and once he forgives you of your sin, stop being guilty. You've heard me say this over and over again. Some of you need to stop being guilty he forgave you. Stop showing up in court. Stop showing up to jail. They're like, dude, you're free. Go and act like it. You don't have to keep coming back. You're, you're not, you're, you don't have to show up on the weekend for prison. You don't have to keep coming back to the, you're free. Stop being guilty. So we wake up in the morning. We eat breakfast. Mid-morning. We're at lunch. And now we're in the afternoon. Now the sixth thing is ask God to help me make wise decision one hour before dinner. Set your alarm seven times a day. Ask God to help me make wise decisions. I pray this all the time. One of my favorite scripture or stories in the Bible is that Solomon was a young guy and he, and he inherited the whole kingdom from his father, David. So he's becoming king at a young man and he prays at the dedication of the temple. He prays, Lord, give me wisdom to lead your people. I don't know what I'm doing. Any time of the, that's a good prayer to pray. Give me wisdom, I don't know what I'm doing. And you know what God said? I'm gonna give you the wisdom and I'm gonna give you everything else you didn't ask for because you prayed correctly. So you know what? Solomon was, Solomon was the smartest guy to ever walk. The, there used to be leaders from other countries come just to ask him questions because he knew everything. He was so rich, it was unbelievable. He was so smart, it was unbelievable. You know why? Because he asked right. Because he asked right. Ask God to give you wisdom. Ask God to give you wisdom. Matthew 6, 13. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know what a good prayer to pray? Give me wisdom not to be tempted. Hmm. <laughs> Not to be tempted with the refrigerator at nine o'clock. I miss those lucky charms. Lord, you know I miss them. But thank you for taking that temptation away. Thank you for giving my wife enough wisdom not to buy them anymore. And tempt me. And tempt me, Lord. Maybe it's your computer, maybe it's your phone, maybe it's a TV. God, give me wisdom. 
1 Corinthians 10, 13. Remember that the temptations that come to you in your life are no different than what others experience. And God is faithful and you keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you do not give in to it. A good prayer to pray before dinner. Set your alarm. Beep, beep. Lord, you know what? Help me not to be tempted tonight. Help me not to be tempted tonight. Help me to put off. You said you'd give me a an escape. You said you'd give me a way out when I was, and I pray tonight that you would do that, that you would do that. Psalms 10, or 101.3, I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. That's a good, give me the wisdom not to put vile stuff in me. It's not just what we take in when we eat or what we drink or, or, or other things we take into our body. It's what comes in through these lenses. Give me the wisdom, Lord, to live a pure life. All right, the last thing. You ready? Why don't you stand to your feet? The band's coming. We're going to end our day with an encouraging truth. This is the benediction. This is, I'm laying in bed. So you don't have to feel guilty about falling asleep praying now because you prayed all day. Isn't that exciting? You don't have to feel guilty anymore. Okay, we're going to end the day with, with an encouraging truth. The end of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 13 says, For yours is the kingdom, come on, the power and the glory forever. Amen. So you can lay your head down on bed at night. You can say, God is in control. This is not the end of the story. God is with me. And we win. Amen. You win at the end. So you can lay your head down in bed at night, no matter what kind of day you've been through. And you could have, you could have walked through your whole day in prayer and lay your head down at night. And you could say, man, you know what, God? I'm still winning. Me and you together win every time. Thank you for that. Thank you that, that it's not over. Thank you that there's still more for me. Thank you, like Paul wrote, that, that I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. We win. And your promises are true. And yes, in Christ Jesus, and everything you said about me is true. That's a good thing to lay your head down at night on, isn't it? Instead of, oh God, what's going to happen tomorrow? Lord, we win. You're in control. You're all powerful. I have nothing to worry about. I have no, nothing to be afraid about. Listen, I don't want this to become some, something you don't think about where you're just like, oh, I'm a, my, my alarm rings seven times a day. I'm just like, oh, Lord, thank you, whatever. The Bible says that the, the disciples tried to heal a person one time, and, and it didn't work. They were baffled. Matter of fact, the guy was frustrated. That they, could you imagine? Could you imagine being the disciples like with a with a banner above you saying, hey, we're with Jesus. He's healing everybody and we're healing everybody. All these great things are happening. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work. Can you imagine the guy standing there, really? Jesus walks up instantly. The disciples are looking at him like, how'd you do that? He said, some things only come by, some of you know it, prayer and fasting 
Some of you just have an epiphany that some things are going to come in the next three weeks that have never come into your life before. Because you're going to determine today to make prayer part of your daily life. You're going to say, you know what? Any idiot can set seven alarms on your watch. Anybody can set seven alarms on their phone. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. But here's the trick. When you combine setting the alarms and praying with fasting, the Bible says that certain things will come into your life that will never come any way else. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. I'm praying for you. God, do things in their life that have never happened before. Do things in their life that have never happened before. Now listen, don't misinterpret that because hard things may come tomorrow, but the thing that has never happened before is you responded to them with grace and mercy and forgiveness and remember that it's never happened before that way. So don't, get, don't start fretting when hard things come into your life because it might come into your life this week to prove that there's something in you that has never been in you before. Amen? So don't lose sight. Remember, that's the mid-morning. Don't do it. Oh, Lord, it's your will be done, not mine. I remember that now. So let's pray together because we're going to start a journey over the next three weeks that is going to combine prayer and fasting in a way that some of you have never experienced. And I believe that God is going to do things in your life and through you that have never happened before because he's faithful. Amen. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Father, we thank you this morning. You're so good. Thank you for all you've done. Your name is above any other name. And so in that light, this morning we ask God, we're gonna do the spiritual disciplines that you instructed us to do. We're praying, we're gonna set reminders, we're gonna be intentional, we're gonna make a plan. God, we, this is gonna be part of who we are. And Lord, we're denying ourselves. And you're the one said that something's only come with these spiritual principles combined together. So God, we have no other, no other evidence but what you've given us. So we ask, we ask that you do something we haven't seen before. We ask you to put things in us that haven't been there before. We ask you to do things through us that have never happened before. God, we ask that we know you in a new way, in a new light, in a new depth, God. We pray that the next three weeks would be would change families, would change destinies, God, would change communities. God, we pray and ask today because you are more than willing, more than capable, more than able, Lord, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or imagine. So we extend our faith and we say, do it. Do it, Lord. As we fast and pray, do what only you can do. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, church, give him honor and praise this morning. He's good. Amen.